Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus exhorts us to walk out the biblical principle of meekness. Meekness is when we respond to being disrespected and mistreated in a loving and kind and merciful way, as opposed to responding with anger, bitterness, pride, and retaliation. Being giving and forgiving to those that are imposing and selfish toward us is one of the hardest aspects of the Christian life. Let's open our Bible now to Luke chapter 6 and look at the incredible responsibility we have to be a blessing to those that selfishly disrespect and mistreat us. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Sunday morning here in Texas and hopefully all are just loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus. We say at every teaching, there's nothing in our lives that will benefit us more, that will edify us more, that will help us edify others more and build up others more than spending time with Jesus Christ, our Lord. The primary way we do that is by spending time in the scriptures, in the living word of God, in our Bible, reading our Bible, studying our Bible, meditating on the scriptures in the Bible, um, and above all, obeying our Bible, obeying the scriptures, and, uh, and earnestly repenting You know where we fall short. All of us ought to have a lifestyle of, of repenting you know, where we, where we make mistakes, right? Uh, you know, all of us as human beings, even as Christians, uh, although our sins are forgiven, we're not perfect in this life. Now, we should be growing to be less sinful uh, in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions, but repentance is a pivotal part to growing to know Jesus. Uh, just any sin in our lives affects our relationship with Jesus, okay? Um you know, again, whether it's uh, uh, sinful thought patterns, which certainly we all have, it's something I'm consistently working on, critical thought patterns, judgmental thought patterns, and now hopefully we can catch it when it's in our thoughts, but oftentimes it makes our, its way out of our mouth, right? And we say sinful things, um, and of course, sinful, selfish actions, right? And so it's, um, you know, we, we, we want to have a lifestyle if we're going to be growing to know Jesus as we spend time in the word of God. And as James says, when we, we look into the, into the scriptures in James 1, it's like looking into a mirror. When we look into it, Corinne, the, the scriptures reflect, you know, um, you know, what we look like when we read something and, and you know, and we say, man, that's, that's really not my, my life doesn't reflect that. It's like looking in the mirror and, and us getting a reflection back and we see something that's out of place, like our hair is messed up, there's there's dirt on our face, um, and we we put it in order, right? We, we uh, And it's the same with the scriptures. We're, when we read and study the scriptures, and we're certainly going to get into this today in Luke 6, verses 27 to 36, these are some of the these are some of the hardest exhortations to walk out in the Bible, being selfless and loving and thoughtful and giving and forgiving, you know, while someone is doing the opposite to you and I, right? While someone being selfless, while others are being selfish, I mean, it's a high call of the Christian life that, uh, 
that few will ever walk in, right? Um, it's it's something that I continue to try to walk in, but it's it's very difficult to return love um, for hate, to return, you know, uh, selflessness when someone's treating you with selfishness, right? It's uh, I don't know if there's harder things to do in the Christian life. I don't I don't know what it is. So. Well, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for our Bible. We thank you for the, the Holy Scriptures, Father. We thank you that we have this Bible, that we can read our Bible and study our Bible and, and meditate on our Bible, Father. And we thank you that we have these scriptures to, to feed our spirit and feed our soul. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we we just always thank you for becoming a human man for us, for willingly entering this world and living a perfect life for us and, Lord, dying a perfect, torturous death for us. And we, we thank you that you are alive and risen today, Lord Jesus, and we worship you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you today. We ask you to give us eyes that see and ears that hear. Open the word of God to our hearts now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Luke 6, 10 verses today. They're 10 serious verses, though. Verses 27 to 36. Jesus speaking. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you, on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect re repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. <laughs> wow! Thank you, Lord Jesus. I mean, there's just so much in here to unpack, right? I mean, that's this is off the chain. I mean... Golly. All right. Verse 27. <clears throat> but I tell you who hear me. Okay. So when we read this, we're all hearing Jesus now. Okay. There were large crowds following Jesus, you know, even thousands, right? Um, you know, we talked about in John 6, how, you know, when he fed the, the 5,000, right? Um, and that didn't count women and children. Um, some scholars say there could have been as many as 20,000 people there. And so Jesus says, I tell you who hear me, okay? And this is for all who open their Bible and hear it. But I tell you who hear me, 
love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, verse 28, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. So this section is speaking about being loving <clears throat> to those who are not only not loving to us, but who are who are contrary to us, who speak ill of us, um, who don't treat us well, right? I mean, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. So he gives these extreme examples. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Look at these words, okay? Do good to those who hate you. So, <clears throat> you know, most of us don't have people that just absolutely hate us. But when people act in a hateful way to you and I, and oftentimes what we misunderstand, right, Dave, is it's, is it, it's those who are closest to us who can awful act, you know, often act in the most hateful ways to us, right? In the most mean ways to us, right? It's not just talking about some stranger walking up on the street and saying, I hate you. Okay. He's talking about your daily relationships, your daily interactions. Okay. Um, and this whole thing is about having a lifestyle of when you're, you know, when you're being mistreated, when you're being treated selfishly, when you're being manipulated, right? Um, when you're being imposed on. Okay. I mean, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I mean, just. You know, that last one, right, when someone is imposing on you, imposing on your time, right, it's just hard. Um, and we find every reason to not obey this. And again, we're going to break it down. We're going to break down just really what is Jesus saying here? What isn't he saying here? Okay. Um, but what he's clearly saying, okay, is that when we're treated or when we're mistreated or treated in a way that's disrespectful, um, you know, or insulting or harsh or selfish, or like I said, imposing, how do we react to that? Do we, do we react in a calm, cool, just uh, loving, respectful way in return? Or do we feel like, you know, we cannot let a slight go? We cannot let an insult go. You're not talking to me like that. Again, for the most part, every single person, not only in the world, but in the church, fails at this. Okay? Now listen, the more we grow up in Jesus Christ, the more we become like Jesus, Jason, um, the more we labor to emulate Jesus, the more we walk these things out. And the goal of this life ought to be, a, be to walk out these scriptures perfectly, right? I believe it's, it's Matthew 5, verse 48, the last verse of, uh, of the chapter in Matthew 5. Be perfect, Jesus said, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So our desire ought to be to obey these scriptures perfectly, Okay. Um, and we ought not use it as an excuse. Well, we're just human and no one's perfect. And although that's true, right, it ought to be our earnest desire to continue to grow and mature and get better and better at these things 
you know, all the days of our life, Corinne, right? So this is what you need to start doing, okay? Love your enemies, okay? And again, your enemy is someone who's who's acting in a way contrary to you, okay? Your, your enemy is generally going to be the people that you're around the most, people in the workplace, um, friends, people at church, people in our family, right? People that just act in a way that's hurtful and selfish and disrespectful, um, you know, people that are always trying to get from you, right? Um, and, and, and obviously, okay, all of us need to look at our lives and see where are we enemies to others? Where are we just imposing? And again, this thing is just so deep. I, you know, just to properly teach these verses, it's uh, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, help us. Golly. But I tell you, love your enemies. Okay, so act in a loving way to people who are doing these things. <clears throat> do good to those who hate you. Actually, do good in response to, to their hateful actions, their disrespectful actions, their hurtful actions, their selfish actions, their self-serving actions. Do good in return for that. Look for that person's good. Bless those who curse you. Okay, so now here it is. <clears throat> How do we use our words? When it says, bless those who curse you, it's not just talking about someone that's using foul language and saying you, you know, blank, blank, blank. It's, it's you know, it certainly includes that, but it's, it's much more than that. Okay. So bless those who curse you. Someone who's cursing you is using their words in a way that you and I find displeasing, Stephen. Okay. Now, for most of us, okay, that are in that have any type of serious relationships, right? And I'm talking with your spouse, your husband, your wife, um, your children, right? Um, your parents, um, your friends, your colleagues. I mean, not only, you know, do people speak to us in a cursory manner, right? In a disrespectful manner, in a, uh, in a harsh manner, right? But, uh, you know, oftentimes we do it to them, right? How often do we, you know, curse others, so to speak? Or are we insulting and disrespectful to others? Now, listen, we need to speak the truth in love, as Ephesians 4 says. Um, but oftentimes it's not as much the words, but the heart behind the words, right? Um, I mean, we can say things Right. We can say the same sentence in a loving way, as Ephesians 4 says, speak the truth in love. Or we could say it in a bitter, condescending, prideful, self-serving way. OK. And, and, and all of us recognize this. I don't know. I'm trying to think of some statement to say now. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, if 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 the dogs, you know, are are standing at the back door. Right. And I want my sweet little angel, Lauren, to to let him out. Right. And uh, Lauren is my daughter. And she is, uh, you know, you could hear him standing at the door. They're, they're pawing the door. They're crying, you know, however they do. And, uh, you know, she's sitting right there at the table. But, you know, she doesn't uh, she doesn't do anything. And it's going on for what, five, six minutes now. Right. So, you know. She's, stand, she's sitting right there, 
okay? She needs to obviously just get up, walk the three feet, open the back door and let the dogs out, okay? But, but it doesn't happen. So, so how do I exhort her, right? The obvious right way for me to exhort her is to control my growing impatience, right? My growing frustration, my growing irritation, right? With her, you know, utter indifference, my baby, my sweet girl, right? And, uh, you know, and to walk downstairs and say, you know, Lauren, sweetie, um, you know, would you mind, you know, opening the door and letting the dogs out? Okay, daddy. Thank you, sweetie. Right? And you see how nice that went there? But no, 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 no. That's not what I often do, right? I'm so irritated because I'm a baby, right? I'm so off put, right? I mean, I've got to raise my voice, right? I've got to come down, you know, half the flight of stairs, right? And say, Lord, the dog's been there at the back door for five, six, seven, eight minutes waiting to go out. I mean, what are you doing? Can y'all see the difference? Okay. One is speaking in a harsh way, right? Because I've allowed now what she hasn't done to affect me. Because as I said, Leah, I'm a baby, right? That's what I do. That's what babies do, okay? Um, all of us can relate to this, right? When, when people act in, in indifference, when they act selfishly, when they act disrespectfully, and we already said all of us do these things, right? And the irony is we always give grace to ourselves, but it's hard for us to give it to others. H how do we respond, right? Meekness, right? The Beatitudes in Matthew 5 say, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I've always said this is the, the hardest of the Beatitudes, and this is what this is talking about here. These really 10 verses, if we could wrap them up, would be talking about meekness. A meek, meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength under control. It's someone who when, when they're, you know, when they know they're being disrespected, when they know they're being insulted, when they know that people are acting selfishly, indifferently, or imposing on them, they're able to be cool, right? And just act in a loving way in return. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And then take it a step further, pray for those who mistreat you, right? So when this is happening in this example with my daughter, Lauren, you know, um, you know, just, just, you know, I should just take a minute and pray and say, Lord Jesus, I just ask you to, to bless my daughter. I, I ask you to be with her, help her, Lord, to be more aware. Lord Jesus, how often am I unaware? I just ask you to have mercy on my daughter, Lauren. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, you know, <laughs> and again, Lord, forgive me because I, I'd like to say this is, I think the other is more the norm, as candid as I can be, right? Now, again, I don't always raise my voice or anything, but sometimes I do. Um, but, and again, we rationalize all this, right? We really do. Now, again, and how many times have I acted in a way, right, that's just unaware or indifferent? And my daughter, Lauren, especially will say, dad. You can't talk like that, right? Um, you know, and so, I mean, pray for those who mistreat you, okay? So I want you to stop now. 
Think about everyone in your life this last week, let alone beyond, right, Denise, that's mistreated you. And just go ahead and pray for the blessing of the Lord on them. Pray for the mercy on the Lord for them. Pray that they would grow to know Jesus. Pray that the Lord would prosper them and bless them. But make it an other-centered prayer, right? How often we could pray for people that the Lord would do something in them so that they'll treat us better. Right. Like my wife saying, Lord, help me help John to be a better husband. Help John to think about me more. Help John to love me more. Now, certainly I need to do all those things, but that's not the spirit of which Jesus is talking about here. Right. I mean, bam. Um, <clears throat> all right. Verse 29. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. So what is Jesus saying here? Jesus is not saying that you should just take physical abuse. That's not the point of what he's saying here in any way. He's not saying to not defend yourself, okay? Now, certainly he's saying that you, <clears throat> you know, in an altercation, <clears throat> in a physical altercation, you know, the only justifiable force would be enough to stop the situation, right? Um, you know, so, uh, you know, but the, the, the heart of this is not that if, if someone comes up and just, you know, just harshly slaps you in the face, you just say, thank you very much. Let me get one on the other side. Okay, that's, that's not the point he's saying here, okay? Um, you know, this whole point is about how you manage yourself in an unreasonable situation. So Jesus uses this example if someone strikes you on one cheek, right? Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, just for someone just to, uh, you know, just a, a, a metaphorical slap in the face, right, is very hard, right? Um, and what Jesus is saying is when you're, uh, you know, when you get that slap in the face, right? You know, when someone just slaps you in the face because they're just, again, it's a metaphorical slap in the face because they're so disrespectful, right? Um, it's just, uh, it's so hard to just lovingly forgive them in such a moment that, you know what? You know, I'm going to love you no matter no matter what you do. I'm going to return love to you regardless of you. So again, it's not talking about that if someone physically harms you, that you just, you know, you just open yourself up and say, okay, hit me over again over here. The heart of it is that you have an attitude of love, of forgiveness toward that other person. Now, obviously, when crimes are done, we have government and we have society that's that the Lord has put in place to, to punish the wrongdoer, right? But the point is, it's not for us to seek revenge, right? Which certainly happens. I mean, we can all recognize just the, the pride living in us, the deep pride. And I'll say something here, right? If you're somewhere today or you're hearing this and you do not recognize your own pride rise up when you feel insulted, or mistreated, right, or ill-used, then, then there's something out of place in your walk with Christ, okay? 
all of us should be able to recognize that thing that rises up in us, okay? What Christ is talking about here is us having an attitude where we're getting more and more transformed, where we're genuinely able to do it in love. Now, now, now sometimes people can grow where they, they don't manifest it on the outside, but there's still a tremendous condescension on the inside. They got to tell anyone that'll hear it, right? When you've been mistreated, right? You got to tell anyone will hear it. Um, and we even find like um, sayings like, you know, I tell my wife everything. Okay. That's unbiblical, by the way. Okay. Um, but, and then they'll gossip to their wife or a, a wife will gossip to her husband about any person, about all they did wrong, um, about how bad they made them feel. It's not biblical. Okay. All you're doing is leading your spouse or your children or your family, or your friends into sin when you do that, okay? A person with meekness doesn't do that. A person with meekness, when they're mistreated or disrespected, they don't have a need to tell their wife or their husband, right? And again, I'm talking about com, you know, common everyday slights, right? I'm not talking about if someone steals your car, right? Um, or, you know, just, you know, someone abuses you. I mean, we're not talking about crimes, right? Um, we're just, we're just talking about general day-to-day -day disrespect, um, and being ill-used or imposed on. And, you know, just look at your life. How many people do you have to tell, Matthew, when something goes wrong, right? How many people, Scott, do you need to tell when something goes wrong, in your life, in, in my own life, right? And it's just when you look at that, you know, uh, someone who's walking in love, someone who's loving their enemies, you know, loving someone who's just not, not treating you well, someone those who's blessing those who curse you, right? Speaking ill of you, lying about you, and yet you try to find good things to say about them. You see what I'm saying with this teaching? All right. Someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. Again, just don't be offended is what Jesus is saying, right? You may have heard the saying, the more offendable a person is, the more immature a person is, okay? Uh, the whole statement that offends me, that statement is unbiblical. That statement feeds into your pride, okay? It's, 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 I'm going to say it's sinful to be offended, Okay, someone who's whole in Christ, they genuinely don't get offended. Now, again, there's no one that's all the way there, but we ought to be growing that when someone says something that's offensive, we don't get offended. We're able to hear it. We're able to look at that person. We're able to see the anger and the hurt and the pain that's, that's brought them to this place. And we're able to have mercy and pity on them. And in response, give love. Doesn't that just sound incredible, May? Golly, rap. I mean, is wow. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. And again, Jesus is talking about principles here. He's not saying that if someone walks up and starts, you know, emptying out your car of all your possessions, not to stop them. That's not what he's saying. Okay. If someone, you know, the heart of this thing is if someone comes up and tries to taste to take something, you kind of turn and take control of the situation. Say, hey, man, what's up? 
you know, can I, can I help you with something? Do you need anything? Can I, you know, what can I do for you? You're not just going to steal this, but is there a way I can bless you? Is there a way I can help you? Does that make sense? Golly. Oh, man, is it exciting? Like, this is biblical Christianity right here. Verse 30, give to everyone who asks you. If anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Okay. Now, again, when he says here, give to everyone who asks you, he's talking about a heart and a lifestyle. He didn't say how much to give, right? But in general, you ought to, you ought to have a desire to meet a need. If the Lord brings you up and someone will say to me, this person on the street, they're going to do this, that, give them something. All right. Now, you don't have to get out of your car and cross the lane, but you know, if they're in your lane and they're right there, give them a few dollars. Okay. He didn't say to give them a thousand dollars or fifty dollars, right? But you can give them two, three dollars or five dollars or what it is, right? And be a blessing and don't worry about it. You know, you know, don't worry if that well, what if that person just goes in and buys alcohol with it? Well, you know what? Just have mercy. Okay. You notice what the last verse is gonna say in verse 36. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. I mean, you know, instead of judging the person on the street corner, just show mercy. You know, start thinking about how blessed your life is, how blessed my life is. Would you want to be doing that? Do you want to be holding the the sign, right? That says homeless, right? Or work for food or whatever it is. Would you want that to be you? Obviously not. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. Withhold judgment. The time will come when, when we're all going to stand before Jesus for a judgment. For, but for now, I mean, be merciful. Have a heart of mercy. Have a, 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 a heart of forgiveness and love, right? Um, and just be a giver and a forgiver, right, Melanie? In everything we do, we ought to be giving and forgiving. Above all things, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Are you a giver and are you a forgiver? Okay, there is nothing more of all things our heavenly father does. He's a giver and he's a forgiver in Jesus Christ. Do you have a lifestyle of, of being giving? Okay. So again, it doesn't mean we're not discerning, right? Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, that again, you're not dictating it, right? You're doing it in wisdom, but you ought, you ought to have a heart to be a giver. Okay. Um, give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Right. And so, again, it's just this heart of giving. It's not saying that, you know, if someone steals your car, don't demand it back. OK, um, he's, he's not talking about, you know, crime here. OK, but, you know, whatever. Let's say that, you know, you're at a restaurant and someone, you know, some some guy just, you know, you know, you see him take the three dollars or, you know, I remember I was I was talking to a man and um you know, he talked about, you know, how sometimes just his mom would, uh, you know, look for money here or look to try to get money there. You know what? It's your mother. Right. You know what's going on. Let's just be let's just be honoring 
Okay, no, I'm not saying be enabling and let it happen with, you know, $500, $1,000. But, you know, if it's $20, it's your mom. Now, yes, there is a time to talk to her about it. But golly, be merciful. You don't, you know, don't go and and this man received this well. Don't go and, and uh, don't go and humiliate your mother because you know that, you know, she slid that 20 in her pocket. And so it's just having that kind of heart. Is this making sense to y'all? Because I know to a lot of folks that this, they don't like this, okay? And it's hard, right? And then verse 31, right? And, uh, you know, when Jesus said this, most people in the world don't know that it's Jesus who said this, right? The golden rule. Do to others, 31, as you would have them do to you. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now think about that. In every aspect of our lives, we ought to be walking out Luke 6, 31. Don't you want people to treat you like this when you're not having a good day? When you speak with disrespect? When you say things you shouldn't say? Right? When you lose your cool and raise your voice? Right? Is there anyone that hasn't here said some things? You know, if any of us, if any of us, you know, had our, let's just say our worst three moments ever recorded, right? And played out. Would all of us not be humiliated? Haven't all of us just said horrible things? And then let's say that that all of us had the worst 10 things we ever thought and thought about displayed. Would not all of us just look like the wretched sinners that we really are, right? This is why we need Jesus, right? When you examine yourself and you were to think, golly, the sinful thoughts that I've had in so many different ways, right? The Bible says we're all sinners, you know? I was talking to a brother this morning, Jason, and we were talking about how, how now lately just every, every teaching, you know, has a gospel message in it, right? Has a salvation message in it. And the reason I'm doing that, Stephen and I were discussing it, is it just... You never know who's going to be listening. Maybe you're listening today and you're not sure that you're a Christian. All right. A Christian is someone who is genuinely trusting and relying on Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of their sins, the salvation of their soul, deliverance from hell and to go to heaven when they die. They have their full trust and confidence in Jesus alone. They're clinging to Jesus, knowing that they are hopeless, desperate, helpless sinners And without Christ, only hell awaits. So when the Bible says to believe in Jesus, right, it doesn't mean to give intellectual assent that Jesus exists. Of course he exists. He's a historical figure. But it'd be like saying, you know, uh, Corinne, I believe in you. I believe in you, Uncle Dennis. I believe in you, Auntie Jackie. I believe in you, Pop. I believe in you, Susan. I believe in you, Rap. I believe in you, Becky. When I'm saying that, I'm not saying I believe you exist. Of course you exist. What I'm saying is I believe you can do it. I, I trust you, right? So, so are you trusting in Jesus Christ today? And have you received him as your Lord and Savior? John 1.12 says that to all who received him, Jesus, to those that believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Have you received Jesus, Right? In John 14, 6, out of his own mouth, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
right? They're his own words, right? Romans 3.23 says that every human being is sinful and falls short of God's, God's holy standard. All 8 billion people alive in the world today need Jesus. And without Jesus, only hell awaits. I know it sounds harsh. It sounds intolerant. It's, it's the clear teaching of the scriptures. Again, Jesus of his own mouth in John 14, 6 said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, he said. It's only through Jesus. And the reason for that is it's only in Jesus that we can have our sins forgiven, right? It's only in Jesus that we can come into relationship with the triune God, right? We have one God, but it's represented in three distinct separate beings, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And, and in, in Jesus Christ, when we genuinely receive Jesus, we have relationship with all three members of the Trinity. God the Father becomes our Heavenly Father. Jesus Christ becomes our Lord and Savior and Master and King. We become part of the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. And the Holy Spirit becomes our guide, our counselor, our comforter. If you're not sure you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do it now. Okay? Just simp simply go before him and, and use the words that I'm going to use here. But remember, uh, words don't save us. Okay, We use our words to communicate our heart to Jesus, of course, right? But it's Christ that saves us. Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, so out of a genuine heart, just humble yourself before Jesus right now and just simply pray to him, Lord Jesus, I, I confess I am a sinful person, Lord. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner, Lord. And Lord Jesus, I know that without you, I am hopeless and helpless and desperate. But Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. And I believe you did come into this world and live a perfect life even for me and died a perfect death on the cross for me. Lord, I believe that you are alive and risen today. Therefore, Lord Jesus, I ask you now, I humble myself and ask you now to come into my heart. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you, Jesus, to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and confidence and trust in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's a Christian, right? Now, like I said, it's not just puppeting those words. It's the, it's the genuineness and the sincerity of your heart. And if you'll give your life to Christ, you'll become a Christian. Your sins will be forgiven. God the Father will become your heavenly Father and you'll go to heaven when you die, right? And now you, you're on the road. Now you can begin to try to live these principles. Without Jesus, we cannot live these principles in any way. Um, it's only with, when, we, when we become a Christian, Jesus comes to live in us. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, becomes one with our spirit, gives us eternal life, spiritual life, and empowers us to walk these things out. And even then, it's the hardest thing in the world. Verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. 33, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. This is big right now, okay? Look at this. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, 
What credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. I mean, the majority of us as Christians in the church do almost all our good to ourselves, our wives, our children, our family, our parents. These are all people that are that are my family, right? Even unbelievers do all that, right? Now, of course, we should be we sh- we should do all those things, right? But we ought to have a lifestyle of doing good well beyond our immediate family, right? We ought, we ought to have a lifestyle of loving people and showing love to people, right? Way beyond our immediate family and friends, right? So just do do an examination of yourself, right? How much of your good and how much of your love, what percentage, percentage of that is shown to your, your own spouse, your own children, your own parents, your own family, your own nieces, your own nephews? And for the most of us, if we look at it, it's going to be like 98, 99%, right? Of course, you want to still do good to them and love them. But you want to start having a lifestyle of where you're consistently doing good to to those who don't appreciate you and love you, right? Now, again, in this context, Jesus is is obviously talking about doing good to all of these people that are in your circle, your family, your children, your friends, even when they're not treating you very well, right? Even when they're treating you poorly, even when they're treating you disrespectfully and hatefully right? Even when they're imposing on you. And that's just the hardest thing, right, Jess? We, we just don't want to love people when they're being loving to us. Does that make sense? Golly, help us, Lord Jesus. We just don't want to do good to people when they're doing good to us, but especially when they're not, right? Verse 34, and if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid. So once again, you see how, you know, how many verses now are given to, 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 to how we use our money. Okay. Um, you know, um, verse 30, give to everyone I ask you. 34, and if you lend to those from who you, you expect repayment. You know, Jesus spoke about money more than any other topic. It's around one in five verses in the Gospels relate to our, our use of money. Jesus also spoke more about hell than he did heaven, okay? Um, and, and again, that's because these things are, are things we need to be reminded of. And if you lend to those from whom you, what is he saying? Again, he's not saying to be undiscerning in your lending, okay? Um, you know, obviously at, at some level you would do someone a disservice if someone lends you money and you say, yeah, just don't worry about it, okay? The point is you wanna have a heart to engage the person. If someone is coming to you for a loan, you need to 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 lead them in it. And and of course, you know, uh, you know, they they need to be given a you know a plan to repay it. But if they get behind on it, don't get all you know all out of sorts. Continue to love them. Continue to come alongside of them. Right. Um, and, and so again, this this whole issue is a is a matter of the heart. When he says, and if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, the point is it's it's the heart of the matter. Okay, that are you just, you know, are you going to go gossiping to everyone and get furious if the person doesn't pay you back? Right. You want to look at the just the the heart of the matter. Okay. Um, And again, if the Lord brings someone into your life, he didn't say how much you have to do. Someone may come and say, you know, can I borrow five thousand dollars? And, you know, that's no, that's not what the Lord has for that person. You may say, I'll 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 loan you two hundred dollars or five hundred dollars. Right. And again, it does depend on the relationship. It's not just a stranger walking up on the street. So none of this is the absence of discernment. But 
it's 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 a heart. It's the heart that Christ, you know, a heart of Christ in all these things. Just having a heart to be a giver and a forgiver and everything. Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. And again, when he says sinners here, um, all of us are sinful. All eight billion people in the world are. He's talking about unbelievers who have not received Jesus Christ and their whole life is dictated by their sinful nature. As believers in Jesus Christ, we're actually trying to walk out these things that are literally incomprehensible for those who are not Christians. And even for most Christians, when we break down and look at our lives, we're like, golly, we got a long way to go. Verse 35, but love your enemies, do good to them. And lend them without and lend to them without expecting to get anything back, then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the most high, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Do you see that? Love your enemies, do good to them. Just have a heart when you're being mistreated and disrespected and imposed on and Again, we're going to need to pray and ask Jesus throughout our days to help us to be like this, right? Love your enemies. Again, those who are contrary to you, selfish towards you, imposing on you, just trying to get from you, right? Um, and again, these are going to be people we're generally in relationship, whether they be colleagues or family or friends or what have you, right? Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. And then look what he says then your reward will be great. Again, when you have this heart, when you're like Jesus like this, when you have this Christ likeness, your heavenly father sees it. He sees everything we do. And, uh, and, and he will reward us in this life and the next. Okay. Um, and the reward can come in many ways. Sometimes it's a material reward. Uh, the greatest reward is that it draws you deeper in your relationship with Jesus when you act more like him. You have a relationship with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit if you're a genuine Christian. But the more you walk like Christ, the more you're going to experience that relationship. And there's no greater reward than experiencing Jesus in a deep and intimate way, right? Then your reward will be great. And you're going to show, and you will be sons of the Most High. When we live like this, we show that we really are Christians. We really are sons of our Heavenly Father in and through Jesus Christ. We really are the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, and the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, really does live in us and is clearly driving us. Help us, Holy Spirit. Then your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Do you see that? Lord, help us. Our Father is kind and we need to imitate him, right? Um, we need to imitate the triune God. Right. I believe it's Ephesians 5 1 says be imitators of God. Right. First uh, Corinthians 11 1. Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. OK. Uh, Jesus in John 14 said, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. So we imitate the father by imitating Jesus. Help us, Lord, because he's kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Again, just having this heart of forgiveness and compassion, and love, and mercy, particularly to those who are ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, 36, just as your Father is merciful. Again, mercy is when we do not get punishment that we do deserve, right? 
we ought to always be looking to extend mercy, right? In the Beatitude, uh, uh, you know, in Matthew 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. In James chapter 2, I believe it's verse 13, says that, you know, um, mercy without judgment, you know, will be shown or, you know, you're going to be judged, right? By, by any mercy triumphs over judgment, right? I'm actually going to look that up real quick. I don't know why I don't have that. Um, so yeah, it's James 2, verse 13, verse 12. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Father, I ask you to cleanse us and forgive us, Lord, where we have failed in these things, where I have so often, seemingly daily, failed to live out this portion of Scripture. Have mercy on me, Father. Have mercy on us, one and all. I ask you to cleanse us of unrighteousness, Lord. Cleanse us of unrighteousness. Have mercy on us, Father, and help us to live out, live out this... Uh, just this teaching from Jesus. Father, we just ask for your blessing and mercy on our lives. I do want to pray a special mercy and healing in, uh, in Michelle and in Bill, Lord. I do pray your provision of a, of a heart and a kidney, Lord, for him. And uh, Lord, I just pray that wherever that heart and kidney comes from, that that person was saved and that they knew you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.